That's good. You know, I'm pretty sure being at Clark inspired that a lot. You know, Clark will have Clark got that background where it's almost if you are in music in Atlanta, you went to Clark and you it's like this is a, a rite of passage. You have to go back and give a lecture to a class, right? You know, yeah. so I'm sure you know, you know, you know, see the some of the folks come through and kind of help that. Yeah, it was so crazy because when I was at Clark, like when I was graduating, that's when like two nine and like all those people was coming up. So it was like really dope to see them from like you know back then. And then when I like started to become a real artist and be that like eight three C and stuff like that, I wasn't seeing them like actually on the bigger stages. So like even though I wasn't an artist in Atlanta. I didn't really start until I got to New York the next year. But as soon as I started, everybody in the label was like, come do this, open mic, come do this. So it was really like, oh shit, like I got a lot of love. You know, I love, you know, you mentioned 2-9. I remember when I first got to Atlanta, 2-9 was a thing, you know, but I didn't know it. Like I remember going to this little spot in East, East Atlanta mm -hmm. and they were performing, it was them, Milo Smith performed, Money Making yeah. Me performed. And you really was watching people who was about to blow the hell. Jay, Jay performed that night, Earth Gang came, this is what Earth Gang Earth Gang came through. It was dope, man. Like I remember that whole move, man. That was that's such a dope moment in time to be in Atlanta to see the money. That was dope. Yeah, and it was like a you know a little older maybe, but it was dope to see like them doing it and then like to get to be an up and coming artist and to see them and they're like, oh hey, what's up? You made music, yeah, whatever. That wasn't just like the girl that went to Clark that was just hanging around with the people. It was like, oh my, she's one of the guys. Not really one of the guys, but like. You're from Savannah, bro. Yeah. So Savannah's a, another city I got a lot of love for. I've yet to really have have a chance to go there, kind of absorb the, the culture. But from people like Al Parks, uh, founders of Street Exacts, from mm -hmm. Savannah, shout out to my man Rallo. I even mean, played Jane Bell. Yeah, I was about to say yeah, you had a few people from Savannah. Yeah, they all you know they all exude that Savannah that Savannah is. You know what I mean? Savannah yeah. reminds me of Charleston. You've been to South Carolina, like the Gullah. The, the, it's like the Gullah Geechee people. Yeah. We are very like we got to explain what everything we do. Yeah. Yeah, Atlanta, y'all cut words and we just drag them out so they don't drag them. <laughs> Atlanta, Atlanta got their own vocabulary as far as I'm concerned. Like, you'll hear people say something in Atlanta. Yeah, Savannah for me, like, even though I would say, because people are like, oh my God, how does that, how does it factor in, like, to your story? So, born and raised in Savannah, I went to Clark and I moved to New York. So, like, most of my music career has been technically in New York. Uh, it was just that. I was a Savannah artist, so I never fit, fit in New York, and I never like said, okay, like a pop movie, like, oh, from Brooklyn, but no, I'm from Savannah. Um, it just set me apart, like, it gave me the edge that I needed. Like, when I moved to New York in 2012, 2013-ish, because I was like back and forth, they were just getting into the South style, and the style that I had, it was a little like, I didn't realize what I had at first, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. So like, I would, I learned how to do boo back, and I, I mastered it really, really well. But then I realized that, like, even though I could do this well, it's not really me. And then when I started to like just piece of it, like you know, like rap how I would rap, it gave me like a different edge in music. So like, not only am I lyrical and I could do the boom back, but I could do like the New York people do, and I'm like, I can not rap over my lyrics at all. Like, I could literally. My music can cut and I would know where to start off. You, I don't get with it, you know what I'm saying? But I still have my musicality, my twang that came from Savannah. It came from being in marching band. So like, if you give me a beat, I can insert my voice in different areas of it versus just having to be like a certain solid flow on everything. And a lot of like, just rappers don't have that. And I think that just growing up in the church and like being in marching band and being around music and knowing how to actually play instruments, even though I don't play those,
35, like, I might pivot to dance music. But, oh. Yeah, I might pivot. So it's just about that, knowing how to make music overall. And I think that that's what Savannah made me. Like, it made me like an artist, because we were outside. And my mom was like, you gotta, I was at almost every sport, every season I had a sport. Thank you. As they do in the South, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> y'all busy sport. <laughs> Where are you from? From Boston. Boston? Okay, okay. Where? You know, and I was gonna speak about that, because you had to go to New York, and my trip was uh, vastly different. Like, I mean, I had, most of my family either is from the South and moved up North, and then uh -huh. all of us were up born up North, and we came to school down South, we ended up living down South, so. I know it's kind of culture shock to me when I first got down South. I'm so used to Boston racism, and I'm like, it's cool to me. Like, I understand somebody saying, don't be here. Come tell you, don't be here. Get into the South blew my mind. Because like a catty-ass smile. Like. <laughs> but, and, and, you know, when I get down to the South, I was like, this is the most, it, I thought it was going to be more racist, and it was a lot of passive-aggressive racism. Passive, yeah, that's and the worst time. Yeah, that's worst. the worst time, because I'm playing in Boston, I know exactly where not to go, and I'm cool with that. Down here, you could be in a whole room and not realize they hate you until, like, they left, until you yeah. left. Yeah, or you could be like somewhere they don't smile and you come in like nine one one or something here coming to kidnap. <laughs> you like nigga what? Like I thought I was welcome here. Like no, actually you're not. Can you move here? Mm -hmm. Like that's how it is in Georgia. So yeah. what was it like for you coming from Savannah, coming from Savannah, and coming from uh, Clark, and then having to be immersed in the New York scene like immediately like that? So funny story about my life. <laughs> my mom and my uncle, my my grandma and my uncles, they lived in New York and Long Island for a while. My grandma was like this, you know, queen pin in New York. She sold Rock Hampton's first zip type of shit. So, like, they had already had the history of New York, and I had, like, went, gone to visit, but I had Long Island in New York. So the New York that I went to was Brooklyn. So it was a complete oh, culture shock. Like, the first time I saw the Jews, I thought it was coming to get beat. With the <laughs> <laughs> I was like, running. And they were like, no, 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 they just live over here. I was like, what? Cause they were like really like they're really into it, you know they they're the Hispanic and oh, it's like yeah. they haven't had the kids yeah. or like and I'm like asking them questions and niggas walking fast. She's like, yo, what's going on? Like, give me some directions. They're like, so it was that for me, and then like realizing that everybody wasn't like American black. Oh. That, that to me was like the biggest culture shock. So you meant like Trinidadians, Jamaicans? Yeah, so like everybody's. In New York, everybody is a lot. Most people are from another country. Yeah. And, uh, like we have a lot of native New Yorkers who have a lot of people from other countries. Yeah. And people thought I was either Jamaican or Dominican because my hair is curly and a brown skin. I can see Dominican. Right? Yeah. So everybody thought I was Dominican, and when you mix my southern accent with the New York twang, it makes a little dirty Spanish like thing. So everybody like thought I was like. You know, like speaking like, uh, you know, Dominican street slang. They're like, yeah, you speak just like, I know, I'm like, like. And so after a while, I got used to it. But that first year, I was like, damn, like, so you don't know what to talk about? Like, you, you know, you don't know, like, yeah, simple shit, like sweet tea. Like, I don't know. That's, like, that, that's <laughs> true because, you know, growing up, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about because I didn't realize until I, I got to college and Jocelyn Smith that I never dated a black girl who wasn't like me, like, as far as like being. American or stateside, I felt more. I found more people that were like me and thought, and so like I felt like New York was that for me. Like it was like okay, it like changed my perspective on like the world and shit like that. Yeah. I feel like you learned a lot in New York. Yeah, I did. It gave me the confidence to really like do what I do because 
I think that I love Atlanta, but when I was here, it wasn't so open to the other girl, the other type of black girl. It was very like bad, like you know to be like. I feel like I'm a bad bitch, but I'm a different type of bad bitch. It was more like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was more, it was like a, like a very, like, one size fits all. It wasn't, it was, it's never that. It was never that. And it kind of, like, I didn't see a place for Boston and all the people when I first was here in Atlanta. And it wasn't until I left, and then they, I was like, okay, they're actually doing the same thing that I want to do. But even with them, like, I'm still, like, other. You know what I mean? Because I, like, rap, rap. But you know what I mean? I don't really like it's just now that I'm being more like sexy or whatever. I always had body, but I'm more like b-boy. You know what I mean? I like hip hop, hip hop, you know, so it wasn't a place for me. And I think that New York gave me that insight to see the people that were like me, you know what I mean? And so I can go anywhere in the country and see those people. Yeah. You know what I love about, you know, oh, oh, no, I'm going to say how I met Corona. I, I met Corona <laughs> through um, Miss Thang, the, the, the Miss Thang project. I met you through that. And, it, and the next thing I did was, like I did with most artists, I followed them on now. I was working on the show, and I'll talk to them about that later. <laughs> but the first thing I thought about, you know, when I, 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 get, I, I get into a new artist is check out their social media. Mm-hmm. And I'm going through your social media, and I'm watching you, and I'm like, I went to see some performance, and it took me a while to see a performance. And then I saw what I thought was a performance, but it was you. Um, MCing an event, mm-hmm. and I'm watching you MC this event, and I say to myself, "Yeah, I'm a fan of her because I think she just she just conquered a niche. I think she totally just conquered a niche." Oh wow! Yeah, man. So talk to us about hosting all. Talk to us about MC and balls. Okay, so I became part of MC. So I just started hosting balls. Uh, I've only been a commentator for a year and a half. But I've been kind of part of MC since I was 12. Okay. Because I've always thrown parties. Like, I've always was the girl who would say, pull up to my grandma's house, we have the party. After school, I would host, you know, you might even get on the uh, DJ and I would just talk my shit. Um, and I just, I've always been a person that I feel like when I speak, I can demand the rules. And if you give me a mic, you're going to be like, stunned. So yeah, I'm a good host. You know what I mean? I'm a good people person. I like to dance, I like to have fun. And I've been a fan of ballroom for a very long time. Uh, when I first started walking, I used to walk other categories like they have categories like body, where you show your body. I feel like for those of people who don't, don't know, know what ballroom yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Like, sorry. So for those who don't know what ballroom is, it's an underground culture that was created by trans women, black and Latinos to highlight them in a creative space, give them a sense of fabulosity. So they would go underground places and have balls and compete different categories for prizes. Today is becoming more popular. You see Pose, yeah, that's the popular one. They have a new show called Legendary that's a little bit more accurate, but still not all the way there. Because the ballroom is fierce, like, it's fierce. Um, and you know, it can give y'all a heads up why I know the ballroom scene. <laughs> Paris is burning. Yes, Paris, Paris is, is burning, yes. Paris is burning at 2 a.m. Me and my wife were up trying to find something to watch on TV, and we went to Netflix, and I was going for the documentaries. And I remember wow. hearing Paris is burning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember hearing Paris is burning for forever, and I was like, I, I never Netflix, saw it. Y'all. So me and my wife sat there and watched it, and by the end of that night, we watched it twice. And then we went in on Google search. And I was like, yo, because I was, as I do my shirts, you know, I got a way this clothing. I came this first, this close to having um, a Crystal LeBeja shirt. Like, oh, I, wow. I Googled that's Crystal LeBeja, and I was like, yo, that's the realest shit I've ever seen in my fucking life. <laughs> you gotta really watch Queen, too. Have you seen Queen? Yeah. See Queen and watch her cuss this shit out at the end in the nicest way possible, though. It was, it was just a dope shit. But when I started seeing you, the thing that, that clicked in my mind again with the ball was, I always felt like there, there should be more music coming out of the ball scene. I'm like, I'm watching these cats on these mics, and I'm like, this is real, like, prime art, like, prime lyrics going on. Like, why am I not seeing more people 
Why am I not seeing more artists being bred out of the same? Well, because it's gay, you know what I mean? It's trans, you know what I mean? People don't want to see uh, essentially, you know what I mean, people who they consider like men in, in dresses, you know, to be derogatory, is, you know, but that's, that's, that's their problem. And I think that today in 2020, people are becoming more open-minded. Um, you have MCs like Precious, Ebony, she's super dope. Like uh, My Father, Marvel, Lego, he's on the new, um, Commercial is that? Um, Smurl. Smurl out commercial, so shout out to Lego. Uh, my father, he's like the father of the Baltimore people who like take you up in their way and guide you. So, like, Lego goes to Smurl out commercial with uh, Laverne Cox. Um, so, people, it's keep becoming more mainstream. I am one of the uh, only cis women commentators, so for me, it has been kind of like a struggle with like knowing my place because I do feel like ballroom was created by trans women and people are, you know, they, some people want to acknowledge them, some people don't, and I feel weird about it sometimes, taking up too much space, because, like, I have a lot of space that already represent me, so, like, I try to, like, take the backseat on that, because though I am a, you know, a star, people love me, because I'm a girl, and I'm out here with it, grand prizes, it's still, like, you know, a lot of people who are gay and who are trans who don't like, you know, get the recognition. You don't want to step on that line where you yeah. feel like it goes from celebration to appropriation. Yeah. And that's why exactly. I feel like with the shirt, I was like, I feel like I'm crossing the line between celebration and appropriation because if people don't fully know who this person is and I'm walking around with a shirt, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, you know, a lot of different ways. It's tricky. I mean, you can always reach out to people and see if they want to do collaborations because yeah. Pat McGraw, she just basically like, she's a well-known makeup artist. She just did a campaign and she had, um, I forgot the white woman's name, with a trans person in their lap popping, the, popping her up. So it was like very offensive and they forced her to take it down. So like, it's like 2020 is so slippery. You don't even want to like do too much. But I think that if you did something and you know, you reach out to somebody, these people are not, not like successful. Like um, La Beja's, they would probably do a collaboration. Let me tell you, that, like I said, that crystal baby before, what she say, um, that, I, 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 what she said, she called that girl, she said she's pretty, but she's not prettier than I, yeah. no, no, no offense. I was like, the fuck is that? You know what I'm saying? No yeah. offense. So, but, you know, I'm pretty sure that's a hard job to do as far as maintaining the MC role, especially at, at, as you are. Like, have you yeah. felt any kind of hatred or any kind of backlash come from being, being an MC? Well, so far in the ballroom, see, I would say, like, a ballroom or just in general? Just ballroom. A ballroom, okay, so... And Barbara, I would say this, like, I'm a newbie, so, like, I get a lot of hate, but I have to get better at my craft, if that makes sense. Like, no one's just going to be winning $700 if they're just, like, learning how to change. If you don't know how to get, like, in Barbara, I got to make all y'all dance, you know what I mean? And y'all all might be a different type of vote, you know what I mean? So, it's not like a just you walk on and you look cute. Like, yeah, you're cute, but did you win? You know what I mean? Did you fit her? Did you get us up, you know? And I haven't hosted the ball yet. I've only competed. Like I'm, I'm walking the category. If that makes sense. Like this year was my first year hosting a ball, and I was nervous as fuck because like if you don't keep that rhythm, I don't know if you see pose, but like they will boo you. They will, boo you. Like they will go crazy on you. Somebody will throw a chair. Like if you're if you're, if you're commentating and the person who's voting can't keep going, you know what I mean? If I'm picking up, if I'm making mistakes in my voice, you know, it's a rhythm. It's not like rap. Like, I have, I'm the beat. You know what I mean? It's not like, ain't gotta pop that trump, but I got that. But it's ain't gotta pop that, pop that, pop that, bitch. Like, it's different, you know what I mean? You have to let people 
you have to give them the rhythm to dance yeah. to. And if I fucking pick up the whole room stuff, they might lose the battle. They might, they, they might lose the battle. And a lot of these battles, they are for thousands of dollars and hundreds of dollars. So I just like, you know what I mean? I'm just out here for totally myself. These things have become a big deal. Like, Rihanna had a ball in the grand prize for that was what, 30K for face? Like, just showing your facial features. Like, with her makeup on. I want everybody to watch Jersey Burning at this point. Yes, please. You'll walk away with such an admiration for, a, like I said, I'm a huge fan of black culture overall. And I thought that that was such a, a shining moment for a part of black culture that doesn't get represented enough. You talk about early 80s, and as hardcore as New York was, you're watching openly black men be gay and happy and in public and not fear of death, even though that shit is dead. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's like a different level to me. I, I love that. Oh my God, there's a dude show on Netflix. Oh my God, what is it called? Uh, um, the stuff, the stuff, the stuff. Oh my God, I got to There are a lot of shows now. I got it. Well, it's about trans women specifically in ballroom. So if you watch Paris is Burning, I want you to watch the show afterwards. I want to look for the name right now and give it to y'all before I go. Because I think. What's the name with Laverne Cox? Laverne Cox is all yes, What is it called? You know what I forgot the name oh of it, but I there's one person in there who I've seen in plenty, plenty of things. Plenty of And I never thought ever in my life. Because she didn't come out recently because she was afraid to. Disclosure. 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 Please watch Disclosure. Uh, I think that's a great film to give you more insight about trans people, trans women, trans men in general and what that means. And Paris is Burning gives you insight on the culture that trans women and trans men create. Yeah, it's crazy. A lot of yeah. stuff happened at 7 a.m. in New York City. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, 4 a.m. Yeah, like, this is happening so early in the day. morning. people are going to work and this is going on. Mm-hmm. This, this is insane. Nobody's happening. You see the door open for a crack. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, the York nightlife is very interesting. You know, well, you seem to have flourished in that scene, man. So, I, and, and, and clearly, it comes off in the confidence of you. Like, even how you're speaking now, like, you clearly know that you're a star. You know that this, this, this is not even a possibility. Like, you're there. I feel like New York, and you just kind of moving around that scene. Kind of I mean, I feel like everything gives me confidence. So, like, y'all, I'm a Leo. My birthday is next Tuesday. Oh, my God. Hey, Leo, Tuesday. Oh, wait, wait, wait.
put like posts of people who I felt like look like carefree black girls, like the aesthetic for like Mad Mall. And then it started to go viral. Um, and though I was still like using the term, it was really like just a phrase. In 2014, uh, I decided to do a cookout. I did the cookout, it was pretty cool. Did about 10 people, me and my homies. The next year, well, it was a picnic then. The next year, I decided to do the carefree black girl picnic. I did a flyer and then it went viral. Like I had a hundred RTs off this picnic or whatever. And everybody's like, oh my God, I want to come, blah, blah. Like the next day at like one o'clock, I got this email from Curlfest sending me a cease and desist saying uh, that I took the concept of very fit and I didn't take out my flyer. So like, I was just a strong, I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should care if somebody did. And long story short, still had the event. Uh, just to make the long story even shorter, I ended up, you know, going online later on that day. The people from Curlfest was trying to attack me, tell me that, like, because the girl who made my flyer took a picture at Curlfest the year before and used it to make my flyer, and I didn't know oh, if that makes sense. So yeah. technically, it was her picture, but it was still very big. So I got a lot. I apologize. However, the event was at four o'clock. Y'all email me at one. There's nothing I can do. Her people started getting at me. I was like, oh my god, I'm trying to delete everything. But then what happened was. 25 people from my event started going half on her, on the curl fence, this big ass shit. And so, I don't know, the next day I called my friend, I was like, yo, I got $700, what can I do with Carefree Black Girl? He was like, I think she an LLC trademark first. And I was like, let's go. Like, and then I just started it because it just was like, okay, I want to make a company, I don't know what it's going to be, but I don't want this to just be a phrase on the internet no more, like we about to do something bigger. And so we carried the Carefree Black Girl pick out picnic. Uh, at first it was just a meetup place for black women to show their talent on the shit. And it went from that to now we do festivals. Um, we have been doing APC for a while. We actually brought one of the first all women stages to APC. Yeah. Um, like that the baby tape one? Uh, yeah, the first one. It was, it was at the Delicious. It was on Edgewood. I oh, nothing. Uh, Edgewood, it was up top. So we've been doing it for a while. Um, but last year, APC fell apart, which was shit. But yeah, since then we do festivals. And our festivals, we have no less than like, what, 300, 400 people? Yeah. Um, last year we did Brooklyn, North Carolina, um, Savannah, Atlanta, DC. You borrowed a dollar. I yeah, you got it, you borrowed a dollar. It's a lot of community-based stuff. Like, so our vendors, you know, they pay for vendor slots, which I feel like is never really expensive. And then we get like low cost or we do outside spots. You know, it's very deep, do it yourself. Uh, this year we were gonna pipe up to take it to the next level. But you never know, I don't know what it's gonna look like after COVID, but we have a podcast, we have merch, we do online little stuff. So every black girl is just like big. Um, it was just me. I think Shanika came on board like 2016, 2017, when I did the first Atlanta cookout. Um, she was doing PR, I just asked her if she wanted to like work with the gang, she said yeah. Uh, she went from doing PR, so she does like um, booking, artists, Revy is my manager, but she also helps the Carefree Black Girl with like the vendors and organization. Um, Wise, he owns In Creative Network, he's the co-producer of the podcast with me. That's a Wise, yeah. you know, I didn't know nothing about podcasting when I had it, when I wanted to do it in 2016. So like, yeah, within like a matter of like two years, mm -hmm. you can't tell me anything. Like, I did a uh, cookout. 
And why? I was like, you should start a podcast. I was like, shit, I should start a podcast. And I was just like, but I don't want to be on it. So we got to find people to be on it. So it's like, it's a big thing. It's a lifestyle brand. Right now, it's a podcast. It's an event. Uh, next five years, it might be a studio. Ten years, it might be a label. Who knows? Man, I see so much potential in that. Like, it's <laughs> the way you broke it down. Like, there's so many different things you can do. Like, y'all can have a gathering spot type. Like, mm-hmm. like create space. That's my goal. I will have a studio in Atlanta within here. I don't know what it's going to be yet. I know I want to do podcasting and photo shoots, but I want to have something like you said, like a creative. So we're seeing. We're Let's manifest it. My head is going. <laughs> I saw you tweet that today. Let's manifest yes. it. Yeah. You're going to have a studio by next year. Has COVID, well, you, you kind of mentioned it because, I mean, COVID has slowed down a lot of things. Like, you know, South by Southwest broke my heart, you know? Yes, <laughs> y'all, we were about to go crazy. That was my thing. Shout out to all the girls we had pre-booked. Look, let's talk about how the money was already made. And then I get this phone call about South by Southwest being done. The money was made already. But COVID, um, uh, how has COVID kind of affected Carefree Black Girl? Like, have you thought about kind of going viral or virtual with some of the stuff you do? Um, so Carefree Black Girl is a lot of online base like we have our hashtag that people use all the time and they never stop using it so in that sense we're like a thought carefree black girl is a thought is the way of life so it's never going to go away um virtually you know we do the twitter chats and stuff like that but we are more like in person based so what we've done since covid is switch our newsletter to like giving out information for people. We have about 5,000 people in our newsletter and, and growing. So we send out information to them. We try to encourage people to buy black, stuff like that. Uh, we use our Twitter as like a platform for conversation. Uh, the podcast is going heavy. So we just focusing on those things, like the digital things that we already have in place. Um, and like Cindy, she does like, you know, readings or whatever. So, you know, we let her do her thing. Like Shanika, she does Q&A. Candy Ray, DJs, Hallie, Haley does like different shit. So, like separately, the hosts are doing things, and I think I like the fact that they're like taking their platform digitally, and then we're focusing on just making people listen to what, how we feel about everything right now. Um, and yeah, the merch. Like we were so focused on like the, the in-person events, I really wasn't giving a crap about the merch because every time I get like 40, 50 pieces of merch, we sell out in person. So. Now it's more like online sales and like light flex. <laughs> light flex. You know, every time we get 50 pieces, we go on the. But these are in person sales. So this is actually, we don't have an event for like three months. You know, we might not have, might only have like one sale a week. So I had to pivot to like, you know, doing more ads that focus on like the merch and like making sure I like get people to wear the shirts. And when people wear the shirts, like post the pictures and stuff like that. So, and I'm an intern because I don't, I can't do everything. I have a manager like for me and music. I have to get an intern, two interns actually, to help with Carefree Black Girl. And they're on the stipend. They put them in a position to like not have to have free labor. I feel like one of those business taxes. Like you have business taxes. Like it's not just personal. It's just yeah, I have, I have business taxes. Yes, <laughs> yes, business I do. Taxes. I really do. I definitely look at myself and what I have to offer to the music industry as something that like is lifelong. So when I think of it, like I want to be able to like. Leave a piece to my friends, leave a piece to my niece, and like make sure that like, you know, the artists who perform with us, they can like go down the pipeline and see different opportunities. So I have to think of it strategically. I can't really think of it like what I want to talk about was I know I want to perform, but I have to make sure that I book the right artists and book a stage that makes sense. So like it takes us like two months to book like 
a stage, but it's not about like getting people to perform. We have an influx of people who want to perform, but it's at every level, from the new Atlantic record side to the new girl, the girl that we saw on the street in open mic that had the freaking amazing voice. So we try to like balance it out. So a lot of times it does have to be like, okay, if I book this person, I know she's not going to sell any tickets. So I need to make sure that if I book her, I if, that I book her that I have two or three headliners already booked so that the festival will ask me why I booked this girl with only a hundred followers. Like so, it's just like always like stuff like that. Yeah. I, I think about like numbers and shit all the time. <laughs> you know, recently we had a we, we saw a, a, a hip hop first or a music first really. Um, we saw Megan Thee Stallion and Beyonce go head to head with Doja and Nicki Minaj for the number one spot. Yes, I live for it. Yeah, me too, me too. Because I'm, I'm, I'm a, well, I'm a fan of hip hop overall. Mm-hmm. I love hearing people who just kind of rhyme. I love voices, and I really love a lot of the female rap I'm seeing right now. Uh, and it's not simply the maidens, the maidens of the world. I'm talking like from your Kamayas and your baby mothers to your, do you know, saying to your no names all the way up to. to Somebody like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's such a vast variety of, 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 of voices that's available for you to listen to. And I think it's, it's, it's dope to see. Like, I'm at the point now where I can put a, I can put a mulatto on my playlist on the studio playlist and nobody blink when she come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I feel like we're getting to that point now. How do you feel like the state of um, female rap? I guess I gotta say like that. No, say, say women rap. Women rap. Yes. How do you feel about the state of women rap right now? Okay. I definitely feel like uh, women rap is. Here to stay, I definitely feel like rap in general is here to stay because there are more women. Um, music for a while was sounded all the same, and it wasn't sounded the same because like there weren't a variety of rappers. It's just that those rappers were put to the forefront. I think as the industry got hungry, and then we came to save the day. Um, and it's dope, you know what I'm saying? I love the variety. I love the fact that we have people like our sweetie. Who's like the fashion goddess, you know what I mean? She's cute, she got her little box. People say what they want to say about her remaking the songs, but the guys do it all the time. Let her do her. You know what I mean? We need a couple of those. We yeah. need the people who are very lyrical, like the Rhapsodies and all those. We need the Megan Thee Stallions. We need the girls, you know, who gonna give us the whole tease and give us the visual, who gonna give us the bar, who gonna give us the box. And I feel like we're in a good place. I really am hoping that we'll keep up the momentum. Um, I personally, like, I used to fight a lot when I was younger, so now that I'm older, I'm not really, like, a competition person. Like, I love competition, but, like, if you diss me, I probably wouldn't, like, diss you back. I probably wouldn't give a shit. I probably would just try to make, like, a great record. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't try to, like, talk about your mama or no shit on my record. And I think that for a while, like, it was getting, like, very, like, at your throat. You can't do shit unless you it with this bitch, blah, blah, And I'm just, like, it took away from, like, Seeing everybody what they had to offer because it's like, damn, really, I really wanted to hear about what it was like. Like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to go to prison, but I want to know like where her mental was at when she was there. And I think we missed that with the whole beef era when it, a woman rap. And I'm so happy that we're like getting past that. We're just like making music, and I think it's super. You know, one thing I like is and you, hit, you hit the nail on the head when you mentioned Sweetie that you can now have equal opportunity criticism. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I remember coming up, you know, people would, would harp on Foxy and Lil' Kim and say, oh, they have the same, they're all rapping the same thing. Mm-hmm. But I think it's part of it is because they were all kind of lumped into having to have the kind of same Same persona in order to be heard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Nowadays, what nowadays, I could, I could happily get on Twitter and say, yo, Megan Stallion's making the same song five times like she's, like she's teaching. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, and I could feel comfortable saying that because 
Yeah, it's real. Like she's actually an artist. She's making a lot of music. She's dope. But it just kind of sounds like future at this point. That's your thing. But also, there's all these other voices, just like with other hip hop. Like you can also open up your ears and say, like, there's also all these other talents that we need. Yeah, like time to. my the favorite my favorite person to listen to when I'm like uh, in a mode I want to be turned up is like Baby Bugger, Tierra Wax because they give me personality in their music, and I love like just going through different like moments. Like Baby Bugger, she's like they could be they could this with like you know what I mean, some quick shit. But this should be on her spiritual shit. So it just gives it for me. Like, it does it for me. Like, I don't always have to, like, be in one mode. And Tiara Wack, she be rapping about pizza and her pets and shit. Like, yeah. and I, like that really intrigues me. So, like, this is super creative. Like, we need this. Like, I like, I, 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 I like Lil Sims, too. Sims, I think yeah. Sims is so lyrical that it's like, she almost goes over. I think she's like Jade to me. She goes over people's heads. It's like, just the like, accent for me. And I, I know that y'all have already tried to drag me on social media for this, but y'all already know how I feel. I love little something still, but I I finally my my mind won't click to her sound, and I wish she would. I really wish she. Is it a British accent? Yeah. My wife's like that. She can't. It's can't just the sound, and I really would try like it. Ah, it's I don't know. I wish. I wish. I wish. <laughs> You're not alone. Like I pray though. I want to. I want her concerts before. I think she's a dope performer. Yeah, she's like Ill. she captured me when I went home to like listen. If that's the one thing that's holding her back, I mean, we can't change your ass. No, 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 I don't think it's holding her back. I think she's very successful for what she does. Like, in being, like, British, I think a lot of people, but to be known in both countries and, like, other places, I think that's quite successful. What I think is good, too, especially, and I think this lane has really opened up for women in hip-hop, is that you don't necessarily need a label no more. Oh, and the oh, best oh, thing oh. is, I, oh, can somebody open the door downstairs real quick? The best thing, I, oh, for people listen to the show audio wise, there's a sorry, lot, of, a lot of stuff happens. <laughs> no, sorry, a lot of stuff goes. Oh, I say that's so probably shit. Yeah, oh, hard. this is great. <laughs> but the thing I like is, um, <laughs> you can discover music. This you can discover music through TV. Like I've I discovered so many people through Lisa Rasha. You oh, know, alone. It's up here. I'll try to be on there. If you're, if you're watching this, I'll make Yo, please have that. Because I've had a dream that he, that she had to film an episode of her show in Atlanta, and they had to come somewhere to get weed, and they came here. So let's let's keep let's keep manifesting these things. Let's keep manifesting these things, and that that actually happens. Maybe like a collab with Atlanta and everything, almost like a Marvel movie. She got to come to Atlanta to do her thing. Back, but I, I feel like she's watching my life. Cause how she doing the block party in the community, and I've been doing that. Y'all just fucking. No, hold up. But I think it's dope that we do find artists like that nowadays. Because again, we feel like somebody like Young Baby Tate. I feel like Baby Tate has two solid hit records right now, and you don't need to hear him ever on the radio because I can turn on I can turn on Insecure in a second. Yeah. And hear and hear him bop out. So I feel like that lane is wide open for women to hear bop. Like you can like abuse that, like from, from <laughs> abuse that, abuse that lane. Yeah, that's what I'm focused on right now. Just radio. Well, not really radio because like I really care about radio. Until people start playing on radio, and it gave it made me more interested. Like, oh my god, who really like it? On radio stations, oh my god. I mean, they like the car. But for me, I think that TV. <laughs> what? That's a real statement. Like, like, if they play like, on the radio, they must like me in the car. Oh, but TV for me is like, dang, like everybody will be watching this show. Like, and if you don't see it that day, you will go back and you will watch it and you will see it. And it makes you the Google or something. Yeah, for real. Straight up, straight up. Who's some of your favorite artists? All time or right? All time. So I'll pass. Um, give Lauren Hill her money. Give. Who else is going to give? 
And so that's what like me was for me. I made it mad long ago, but I heard it wasn't. I was like, I need to remix this. And I remixed it on the new beat. And it was amazing. And y'all know I love it. And then we have Complex. Complex is my song where I can just like rap in whatever tone, whatever freaking style I wanted to. Complex, I gave it these four different styles. Um, I rapped about your aunties and uncles. Um, you know, it was something much slower paced than my normal like 89 BPM, 90 BPM that y'all be like, oh my god, it's so fast. It was a little slower. Um, and yeah, it's still a lot. Um, and I feel like that's a dope one. The video is all me. Um, I showed a few angles. I had on some old vintage car tonight. Inspiration came from 90s videos because, like I said, I'm a different type of beautiful. Like, I feel like I'm classic beauty. Um, yeah, and I really like, I really love like 90s glam. I love 70s glam. Yeah. Um, I love 70s yeah. style. I love 70s style, like black exploitation. I love like black women superheroes. I love like seeing black women like in regal and empowered because, you know, like we're always around, but we're always like around. Like, and I like to like, highlight those things. That's why I use a lot of that imagery and a lot of very like old images when I choose songs. Do you give yourself as a role model? And I, I say this for this, this reason. It's probably your last question. So gay. Because I, 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 I got a niece right now. She's 11. And she's amazing. And I look at some of the things that she's able to do. And it's like, it's just dope to me. Because I'm like, you actually, you, the people that I'm watching you watch and you're emulating, uh -huh. I'm watching her become like a even super creative, this really open, like really confident kind of person. That's dope to me. And I feel like you're kind of a representation of, of what she's about to become, which is a super dope care from black woman. Yeah. You know, so do you, really, so do you see yourself being like a role model to little sisters like that? Uh, I try to be just a human being, like I say. I mean, people might say I'm a role model. I don't really like try to be. I, when people say, okay, you're a role model, I'm like, I'm a real hard person. So if I do make a mistake, don't hold me to none of this stuff. Like, I stress that a lot. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I guess I'm a role model. I try to do things that I feel like that I would have to shy away from. Um, you know, like, I've been, like, in sex work before. I was a dominatrix. Like, you know, I don't, like, talk bad about... No, it's random, but it's, like, I don't really, like, yeah, you know, I, like, I have hair from black girl and I do all these great things. Like, I don't paint a picture that I'm not, like, you know what I mean? I don't, I'm not, like, just be, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like when in the South and just, like, the world, most of the world in general, being well-to-do and college-educated means one thing. And being successful means one thing. But on the grand scheme of things, it's a lot of different things. And when you say role model, I think sometimes it just is attached to like the more well to do. And though I do have those credentials, I don't know if those credentials actually made me like who I am. If that makes sense. Like, because like I know I have an edge and I have confidence from women white men and robbing other cages. As much as I do just like going to parking lot, you know what I mean? And like going to HBC. So it's really like a very like Balance scale, it's really simple when I hear the word role model. I feel you. I, I, you know what? You are. Like, like, how do you feel like that? Like, you know what I mean? Because, like, what if tomorrow I decide to just go curse everybody out, like, every white person that I see? Oh, I'm like, so white, white, white. I'm still role model. I think about it every day. I'm so, I might think that, like, oh my gosh, she's racist. I'm, or I'm, I'm still a role model. Look, that's, gonna, that's still going to be me. That was just part of me being. Y'all just high talking shit. This is a smoking show, right? What <laughs> 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 no, Yeah, yeah. I don't buy it. I wouldn't like shy away from it. But 
if you a little kid, you probably a role model, you better not be surprised if I click you up like, just to show you that like I'm gangster. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're amazing. And you know, and before we get out of here, I really need to ask you the weed question. When, was you, when did you first start smoking weed? Uh, I took my first puff when I was like nine, and I never smoked again until I was like 20. But I could always smoke. My mom was very open about it. Like, mom sold weed to rock him, dog. No, her, her mom did. Oh, her mom did. Her mom sold weed to rock Old school, him. old school Zebo too. She did. They was like young. My mom can't sell. My mom was younger than that. They who rock him in My mom's 47. I actually got my name from the first rapper that was in that group. Kwame, <laughs> you are amazing, amazing. Yeah. This is everything I thought this episode was going to be. Please not. I, I, people are going to be like, what? This girl is crazy. I am crazy, man. I just be smoking a lot of weed, talking shit, making vibes to the people, you know what I'm saying? Trying to change the world. One song at a time, man. Kwame, I appreciate you. One at a time. I appreciate you coming through tonight and, and blessing us with all this black Thank you for having me, Becca. <laughs> and that's Cash Color Kid. That's our level of conversation on live at MomDaily.tv. Right, we're going to take some pictures. Okay. And, oh, I got to give you a shirt. Um, yeah, that's really yeah. great. Oh, I